broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And welcome in, Raider Nation. It's a good day to have a good day, I like to say, on this Thursday. As officially on Wednesday's show, we turned the page and started looking forward to the next opponent up for the Silver and Black. Of course, that's the New Orleans Saints. On Thursday, we go full throttle. Of course, Friday, we'll close things out really strong and head into the weekend and see what the Raiders are able to do in the Big Easy in New Orleans. It's going to be on the road. It's Halloween weekend. should be fun and exciting for all of Raider Nation. I saw Just Win Wendy uh, on Twitter already earlier today said she was making her way to the Big Easy. So New Orleans better look out, man. Just Win Wendy's on her way. You better watch out. It's going to be something. So I can only imagine how Raider Nation is going to take over New Orleans. It's one of my favorite cities to go to. I will not be heading out that way. But uh, shout out to all the Raider Nation that will be making their way. And like I said, man, it's a good day to have a good day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. My man, Demont Cotton, he's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio, uh, relaxing, chilling out this afternoon, uh, just getting ready for a busy weekend, man. Busy night, a busy weekend. Of course, uh, the Raiders back in practice today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And one, Devontae Adams was still not in attendance. He was not there at practice as he was dealing with the illness yesterday as many Raiders were, including Cleve Farrell, Jonathan Abram, also Tashawn Bauer. Uh, We'll get the official injury report in a little while and we'll see exactly what's going on. But, you know, something to kind of be a little bit alarmed about that Devontae Adams was not in action uh, today. So, again, we'll get the injury report. Of course, we'll bring it to you right away. But we got plenty to get to on today's show. Excited about the guests that we have, as I'm excited about the guests that we have each and every day. I mean, we have uh, the best of the best. John Hendricks, Saints News from SI.com. He's going to join the show at 2.30 uh, to continue to talk about the Saints and, you know, some big key guys. Michael Thomas did not practice today. Uh, Jarvis Landry did not practice today. So as much as the Raiders are banged up by the injury report that they had on yesterday, man, the, the, the Saints are just as banged up, if not more. So we'll get more detail on the Saints. We'll find out what's going on with them. We'll talk about Dennis Allen and the fact that he's really a little bit on edge about this game, ready to prove that he's a better head coach than he was when he was Oakland Raider head coach. And I'll say this on Dennis Allen's behalf. I I liked it when the Raiders hired him because he was a defensive-minded head coach. So I thought, you know what, they're going to bring a little defensive tenacity to the team. That dude never really had an opportunity to go out there and be a real deal head coach. I mean, the weapons that he had or the lack of weapons that he had on that team, uh, that was one that Reggie McKenzie had tore that thing down to the nuts and bolts of it uh, to go ahead and try to get that salary cap back in in, in its right direction. And he did a good job of that, but I kind of feel like Dennis Allen was a a sacrificial lamb on that one. So uh, I know that he feels some kind of way about that, and there's nothing more he'd like to see than his uh, 2-5 and New Orleans Saints uh, top the two and four Raiders and uh, continue to make them lose games. He would love that more than anything. Of course, the Raiders will have a lot to say about that. But uh, we'll get all things Saints. We'll get all the storylines when it comes to New Orleans at 2.30 with John Hendricks, Saints News from SI.com. 3.30, Jason Horowitz, the, the voice of the Raiders, the voice of the silver and black. He'll join the show. And a lot of folks, I'm really I'm happy for Jason. Uh, we were at the, the game on Sunday, and we were there at Allegiant Stadium at the, uh, on the Coors Light Landing right after uh, the pregame, the pregame, pregame show. Uh, Q's kickoff is what we like to call it. it comes, it's an hour before the official pregame show with JT the Brick and Eric Allen. And uh, that was over, and he was going to be a guest on that show, so he was there on the Coors Light Landing. And, you know, a lot of Raider Nation 
don't know what Jason Horowitz looks like, right? I mean, they hear his voice. You're starting to get familiar with Jason, but you don't really necessarily know what he looks like. So it was really cool that I had the opportunity. I felt kind of kind of cool that I had the opportunity as I was standing there talking to many Raider Nation that were there on the Coors Light Landing when Jason and his wife walked up, and I believe that was his wife's first time being at a Raider game. I was able to introduce them to Jason Horowitz, to the voice of the Raiders, and so many people were like, oh, man, that's what's – you know, so pretty excited. And Jason has been doing a really good job – trying to soak in the culture that is the Raiders and trying to soak in the culture that is Raider Nation and be one with Raider Nation. And this is something he's still learning. You know, this is the first year that he's been the the voice of the silver and black. He's seven games in and, and of course, preseason as well. But I'll tell you what, he has deep dove into the Raiders. I mean, everything he has done has been to learn as much as he can about the Raiders. And that's what a good play-by-play guy is going to do, obviously, right? I mean, he's going to go and do all the research. Well, he's doing the research. He's trying to meet and greet with as many fans as possible. So I'll tell you this. I'll say this ahead of time. I know the next home game is not till the Colts game, but if you get a chance and you're at Allegiant Stadium and you know that JT the Brick is and Eric Allen are doing the pregame show, Come on by Coors Light Landing. Get, get an opportunity because I believe Jason joins them every game, and we'll ask him when he joins the show at 3.30. I believe he, he joins them every game at the Coors Light Landing. Come on by and say hi. Shake his hand. Say what's up. He's a super friendly dude. Uh, he's real easy to talk with. Uh, just come on by and say, say what's up to him. But I thought it was really cool that I got the opportunity to introduce him to a lot of uh, Raider Nation there on Sunday. So we'll just talk all things silver and black. Got to call his second victory uh, of the season, the Raiders' second victory of the season, and how that felt for him. And I said this, Demond. I said I think that that, uh, that game on Sunday was his wife's first Raider game. If that's the case, she's just got to go to every game. <laughs> got to find the good luck charm somewhere. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm saying, look, it's only weird if it doesn't work. So if that was, in, in fact, her first Raider game, then she's got to uh, she's got to come on back. He's just got to make sure she's at every game. Just saying. All right, Jason's wife, Iggy Azalea. Who else needs to be there because their first game hey, look, led man. to a victory? Hey, look, man, I didn't I didn't put Iggy Azalea in that. You brought her into that conversation. I left I left. No, I'm Iggy just saying it was her first game as well. So I just mean like if you were a fan in the seats, if it was your first game as well. There's a lot of families <laughs> out there right now that are like, yeah, let's not bring back Iggy. And <laughs> now I know that she's got a nice internet thing going with Tashawn. I think that that's really cool. I've been calling Tashawn Reed from the athletic i've been calling him swaggy t because it seems like she's a she's been taking on a little bit of a liking to deshaun and they're having a nice little back and forth on twitter it's pretty cool it's actually one of those fun interactions on twitter that's not toxic it's actually pretty funny so uh shout out to deshaun shout out to iggy azalea but yeah uh, i'm not gonna look at her as the as the good luck charm i'll i'll more i'll say jason horowitz wife being there is more of the good luck charm that that's more family friendly <laughs> let's just go ahead all right jason's wife there good you luck go. charm there for the go. Raiders. I mean, like you said, it's only crazy if it doesn't work. It, well, and I'll say this. Doug Marsh, who is uh, fantastic and, and works with us really time. He does a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff uh, at, at the radio station. He was in attendance. Him and Natalie were both in attendance, and they were in a suite. Well, every time Doug is at the game, the Raiders win. So he's been in a suite twice, He's uh, and they've won twice. So I told Doug earlier today when I saw him, I said, well, it's your responsibility to make sure you're at every home game now because, well, apparently if you're there in a suite – you're the good luck charm. How quick are you to drop a superstition after it after it doesn't work though? Immediately, <laughs> right? So if Doug, the next game Doug's go to if, if the Raiders lose, you're like Doug. I'm gonna need you to not come to Doug. Games. I'm sorry, you got to get back to the house, man. Sorry, it just didn't work. I'll tell you this funny story about superstitions, and I think we've talked about this on the show before. But uh, for the longest time, when I was in Texas and I had Sunday ticket and I'd be watching the Raider game, I would go upstairs into my closet and grab my Josh Jacobs jersey that uh, a bunch of the listeners of the Locked On Raider podcast actually uh, bought for me and sent to me. Uh, and I, I wouldn't wear it. I would just sit it on the end of the couch. 
And so it's so funny. One day, I don't know what was wrong with me. I just wasn't thinking about it. And I started watching the game, and the Raiders weren't doing too well. And the wife looked over and said, where the hell's your Josh Jacobs jersey? And I was like, oh, damn, my bad. My, my fault, right? So I ran upstairs, got the Josh Jacobs jersey, put it on the end of the couch, and sure enough, the Raiders came back and won that game. So I will say that didn't work forever, and I had to eventually I had to uh, retire the Josh Jacobs jersey. But it did. It had a nice run, Damon. It had a really nice run. I, I like to do you. the thing where if I stop watching the game, maybe the, make me watching is like hurting the team. So if I turn to another game instead of the Titans game and they're losing – then by the time, if I turn back, you know, in like 10 minutes, maybe they'll be winning. You know, the funny thing about that is I only do that with Warrior games. I only do that because I promise you, I always, you know, I love watching Warrior games because they're so exciting and watching Steph and Clay and all them go off. Is, it's always so much fun. But it's like, I think I plan too much for Warrior games. When I know that they're going to be on, I'm like, man, okay, I'm going to get done with what I got to do at this time. I'm going to sit in front of the TV. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Like, I have everything planned out. I call my friends. Hey, man, the Warriors are coming on. Got them on both TVs. You, ready? you know, like, I set everything up. And then all of a sudden it's a stinker. And I'm like, damn it. I just got to stop doing that. What I have to do when it comes to a Warrior game is just be going through the channels and, oh, by the way, there's the Warriors, and I'll go pay attention to it. So, obviously, during the playoff run, I know when the games are going to be. So, for me, it was easier for me to watch the games and work at the same time than it was to me to get all the way locked in and sit down and try to set up a plan or whatever the case may be because, man, it just – it just didn't work out too well, so there's that. Real quick, last year the Titans, they lost to the Steelers, and it was a close game, one of those bad games that you play against the Steelers. Every team seems to have those games. 13-19 to 19 was the final score, but during the fourth quarter, I went you to go watch 19 my— 19-13. to 13. Yeah, 19-13, excuse me. Big pet, another pet peeve of mine. Sorry. Oh, when people say the When they the say the, score the first? losing score first, yeah, it's another pet peeve. I'm sorry. Okay, well, <laughs> we got that one out the way. Won't happen again. Thank you, sir. But I went to go wash my car because yeah. I was like, I need to get away from the game. That's I'm going to go wash my car. Wow, that's Because funny. it's like, hey, man, by the time I'm done washing the car, yeah. maybe I'll just turn on the game again. And, it's, and oh, be surprised. <laughs> nice. 20 to 19 victory, right? That, that There you go. That's what the that's Hey, look, that's what sports does to us, man. We just find stupid superstitions, but we do them anyway because that's how we roll. So Jason Horowitz joins us at 3.30 at 4 o'clock. Lincoln Kennedy also on the broadcast. So back-to-back broadcast, right? Got Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln joins us every Tuesday and Thursday, but I thought it'd be great to have uh, the duo on the show with us back-to-back. So Jason Horowitz at 3.30, Lincoln Kennedy at 4 o'clock. Then Vinny Bonsignor, who's at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center right now, uh, watching practice, preparing to go into the locker room. Matter of fact, I think he's going into the locker room right now. We'll get us some good audio, send it over to us. Like he got Darren Waller. He got Max Crosby yesterday that we never even got to play on the show. But he did get Darren Waller. That was a really good uh, sound bite from him. So he'll send something over to us, and then he'll join us at 4.30 just to talk about the mood around the locker room, the, the players, the illness. That's something that I'm pretty concerned about, not going to lie. Pretty concerned about an illness breaking out in the Raiders locker room, uh, especially in 2022. You just know how it is. When you start hearing about illnesses, you start thinking the worst. So I don't know what's going to happen, uh, but Devontae Adams not being there for a second day in a row, to me, is pretty concerning. But that's the lineup that we have for you. John Hendricks at 2.30 talking Saints. Jason Horowitz at 3.30. Lincoln Kennedy at 4. Vinny Bonsignor closes us out at 4.30. Those are the guests that we have coming up on the show. Now it's time to jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
So let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive and start talking about the team that's up next on the schedule for the Silver and Black, which is the New Orleans Saints. Again, we're going to be talking with John Hendricks coming up at 2.30, all things Saints, but just want to start talking about the weapons that they have. A lot of folks look at the record and they say, oh, two and five, two and five, they stink. Oh, this is going to be an easy dub. No, 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 my friends. Make no mistake about it, man. They could put up some points. Right? I mean, we had Mike Triplett on that covers the Saints as well. We had him on on, uh, on Wednesday's show, and he said, man, I expect this game to be a shootout. And Raider Nation, I do as well. And I know that Andy Dalton was named the starting quarterback on Wednesday. That kind of surprised me from Dennis Allen. Not that he named Andy Dalton the, the quarterback, but the fact that he announced it on Wednesday. That, to me, was a little surprising. I thought, okay, maybe keep it to the team. Tell the guys in the locker room on Wednesday. But just keep it to yourself till Friday. Make the team prepare for both quarterbacks. But then again, Maybe not. When you look at the film, Andy Dalton's been able to help that team put up a lot of points. I mean, they are doing a really good job. And up until last Thursday, when they had Thursday night football against the Cardinals, he had been protecting the ball really well also. Now, that game against the Cardinals, you want to throw that one out. That's one of those that you just want to crumple up, don't watch the film at all, because Andy Dalton had a bad day. Let's just say it was a bad day to have a bad day for him. He did not perform very well. But for the most part, he's done a really good job. I know their defense is suspect, but I'm looking at their offense. I know the Raiders have done well offensively, but they, to me, feel like they're going to have to score early and they're going to have to score often in this game because I think the Saints are going to try to you know, match them score for score. I really do. We'll talk about keys to victory on tomorrow's show, but I want to jump into what about the Saints team concerns you the most. When you look at this game, when you look at this team that the Raiders have to face, what are you concerned about the most? Or maybe it's just a who. Who are you most concerned about? Me in particular, and it's going to sound strange, and Damon, you're probably going to start laughing, I'm really concerned about how Dennis Allen and company chooses to use Taysom Hill. I really am. And the reason I say that, again, I don't want to sound disrespectful to Taysom Hill, but we know he's not conventional. We know that he's kind of wonky, right? He does different things. He's a quarterback, not really. He's a tight end. He's a running back. He's a special teams guy. He's just an all-around weapon. And, you know, look, the Raiders have had problems with guys, quarterbacks running, Kyler Murray, right? I mean, that was and, – and, look, he's not Kyler Murray. He's not going to fly around the, the field like Kyler. But just the way that he plays the game, he's just a different animal. I'm concerned with how the Raiders are going to defend him, how Patrick Graham is going to dial up trying to defend him. We kind of know what to expect from Alvin Kamara, right? You know that the dude can catch the ball in the backfield. You know he can run between the tackles. He can run outside. You know he could be the ultimate weapon. But I just don't know how they're going to use Taysom Hill. And so with that not knowing, I think that that gives them an advantage in, in the preparation for Taysom Hill, if that makes sense. Oh, no, Q, you said uh, I might laugh, but no, I'm right there with you about Taysom Hill because you mentioned like some of the things that he is and some of the things that he isn't. To go as cliche as possible, he's a football player. Right. And he's someone that you've got to account for whenever he steps onto the field. And some people might say gadget player or whatever – I honestly like the guy. You know, was is that contract ridiculous? I like him. Yeah. I don't like him as a quarterback, but I like him as a player. Exactly. Like, right. hey, man, if he can give you like three or four plays, now when he's playing the team that you're rooting for or the team that you want to see win, yeah, you said you want to contain him. But Patrick Graham, that's that's the player that you get asked about. Normally teams, Josh McDaniels, hey, the three quarterbacks that they have. Right. Because you don't know, like, if they put Andy Dalton, Jameis, and Taysom Hill all on the field for one play. Maybe it could be a nothing burger, or maybe it could be like the best trick play. If that happens, the if they put all three quarterbacks on the field, man, one, I'm knocking out Andy Dalton first, right? <laughs> this is, and I, I say that respectfully, but this is what I always, I always think. 
And and Derek Carr has lined up as like a wide receiver a couple times. If I'm a defensive <laughs> player and I see the quarterback line up as a wide receiver, it is fair game, brother. I'm going after that dude. I'm trying to lay some wood on him, right? And that's fair. It's fair game. You got five yards to beat that guy up. And I know that they're not leaving the line of scrimmage, but, man, I'm attacking them. I always wonder why more defensive players don't attack a quarterback when they line up as a wide receiver out in there in that wildcat situation. I think it's smarter to even just take that guy off the field completely. You know, don't put him in harm's way. What quarterback was it? Was it Sanchez that got scared that time that he was out there uh, out there wide? Was it Mark Sanchez or was it Mariota? It was one quarterback that was out wide, like super wide. He was out on the uh, on the boundary and they snapped the ball, and somebody and some DB just kind of almost flinched at him like you would in a fight. And, man, it almost looked like dude almost crumbled. So it was like he just flint, he jumped at him and he flinched? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was going down. He knew, he knew what time <laughs> it was. He knew it was not going to be very uh, fan-friendly for him. So, so for me, that's, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at Taysom Hill as, as that is probably who I'm most concerned about. I think that the offense is going to perform. I think they're going to do a good job. I really do. But Taysom Hill, that gadget guy, that dude that you just don't know, he's a big unknown, that right there is my biggest question. Demont, go real quick to Patrick Graham. I want you to hear this sound from Patrick Graham. He met with us just the other day, and he was actually asked about Taysom Hill and was asked you know, just about the preparation for him, what they've got to do. Because, again, I do think that this dude is an absolute weapon, however they choose to use him. So here's Patrick Graham, Raiders defensive coordinator, talking about preparing for Taysom Hill. So that, that, that adds a level of difficulty, absolutely. You know, he's one of those, like, where's Waldo um, guys. You know, that's what, like, you go each week, there's somebody like that usually on um, each team. So you got to have an understanding, okay, there he is. He's on the field. And then you got to be able to execute from there. Like, we got the idea. He's on the field. We know where he's at. And then from there, can we execute the plan? So that's all. There's usually somebody like that on the field for each team. And he's definitely one of the guys for this team, along with they got a few other guys that you got to make sure, you know, you got to know where Kamara is. You got to know, you got to know where a lot of these guys are. They're, real, they're really skilled on offense. They're definitely really skilled on offense, but I like what Patrick Graham had to say, you know, and he wasn't being disrespectful when he said the where's Waldo effect because that's that's what it is. You have to pay attention. And even when I asked head coach Josh McDaniels about the two quarterbacks before we knew Andy Dalton was going to be the starter, he corrected me real quick. He's like, hey, they got three. And I forgot about Taysom Hill in the quarterback sense. I didn't forget about him as a player sense, but, yeah, technically he is a quarterback. But to his point, hey, using him, he could be dangerous. He could be an absolute weapon, if, depending on how they use him. And the Raiders have to prepare for that. Demond, that's not easy. Yeah, and for some people that, if you don't know, Taysom Hill, he leads the Saints in total touchdowns. When you combine the rushing, the receiving, and the passing touchdowns that he has, he's the leading guy on the team. So don't just laugh it off if you're like, hey, he's just a gadget guy. Right. Why are they so worried about him? Hey, man, he's been – I know one game he had probably three or four touchdowns, but still. That might be the game. I think that was against the uh, Seahawks. Yeah. But, yeah, this guy, he's proven to be effective this season. You know what? Maybe that's a guy that Jonathan Abram puts the wood on and, and hits him with a couple of them, uh, them buyouts that he has because we all know that uh, Jonathan Abram could bring the wood. Maybe that's a guy that they say, hey, man, what did you say the other day? We were talking about that cat defense. I got this cat. You got that cat. Yo, <laughs> I got seven. <laughs> that might be what it is. Hey, 24. Hey, 2-4. You got seven. Maybe it's, it might be that simple. Jerron Harmon said that sometimes it's that simple, right? He mentioned that on the show when we had him yesterday. Sometimes you do just got to say, hey, I got that cat. You got this cat. So we'd love to hear from you, Raider Nation, 69187, keyword R&R. That's our text line. Also, our listener line, wide open like some old school TV antennas, 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, talk to Gangster Raider. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's happening? Hey, I want to talk about, um, first of all, you took the word out of my mouth. I think Jonathan Abram 
should not um, be in coverage whenever Taysom Hill is in the game. Just fire him, and whatever he do, end it. You know what I mean? But I want to talk about what you was talking about yesterday. Uh, LT, I couldn't stand him either. <laughs> I remember one time I seen him somewhere. I think it was out and about in public, and I was with one of my homeboys, and I was like, I'm going to do something to him. Like, I want to I hurt him or something. And I was like, man, over sports, you being stupid. And they talked me out of it. And I was like, yeah, but he, he, he just always does it to my Raiders. And another thing, I also wore number 31 when I played football, but I was a running back. You know what I'm saying? I always wanted 32 because of Marcus Allen and 34 because of Bo Jackson. And everybody else would get those numbers. And even when I had the chance to pick, we always had to do some extra stuff to get 32. So my birthday is on the 31st, January 31st. So I always won 31 too. So I was like, that's a good thing that you wore 31, but you know you were the DB. I was a running back with 31. And every time when I first started wearing 31, I had a five-touchdown game. This was still in junior high, but my number was 32. And then I turned to 31. I had five touchdowns in that one game well, as soon as I turned to 31. And um, I think as long as we run the ball like we've been doing with Jacobs, we should win the game. And the defense, all we got to do is make sure we get – at least a couple of three and outs in the first couple of drives, and we should be good. You know what I'm saying? The first two or three drives, if we can get a, at least two or three, one or two three and outs, we should be good. And if we score early, like you was talking about, Q, we should be good. I'm not really even worried about the game. I'm not going to get no predictions, but we should win. As long as we run the ball with Josh Jacobs and we have somebody spy here when he get in there, preferably um, Abrams, and we should be good. You know what I'm saying? Stay gone. Stay strong, Red Nation, and represent. I'm gone, as you were. There he goes, Gangster Raider. Thank you for the call, my man. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. And, yeah, again, you know, I'm not trying to say Taysom Hill because that's the guy I picked. I'm not going to say that that's, you know, the, the best answer as far as who uh, the Saints concerns you the most, but I just think that that dude is the ultimate weapon. So if Jonathan Abram is the guy that you decide you're going to dedicate your, you know, your, him to Taysom Hill, then I'm okay with that. I, I would absolutely be okay with that. Going to the text line real quick, 69187, keyword R&R, and feel free to chime in at any point. Joseph Endeavor said, I don't have a specific player, but I'm concerned about the Saints' passing game. This Raiders secondary has been bad this season, especially on third and long and in the red zone. Very valid point. Very good point. Thank you for the text, Joseph. We appreciate you. Yeah, that's a, a great point because right now, especially without Nate Hobbs in there, there's no real leader of the, the secondary as far as the DBs go. There's a leader when it comes to Jerron Harmon at the back end, but as far as the corners, there's none. Of, there's not that guy that scares opposing teams. Rocky Asin has done a, a, a good job. I, don't, I won't say a great job, but he's done a good job. But he doesn't put fear into anybody. I think that opposing quarterbacks realize when Nate Hobbs is out there, like, hey, that be careful. Be careful with the ball because that dude is a dog and he'll go get it. Right, Amik Robertson is, is trying to, to build that up, try to be that guy, but there's nobody that just – you know, that, that, that teams want to kind of stay away from. And, man, the Saints can hit the deep shot, right? So this is a game that Trayvon Merrick is going to have to be on his, uh, on his A game. Jerron Harmon's going to have to do a bunch of film study, and I know he will because that's who he is. You know, Jonathan Abram, I think he's going to play up to the, closer to the line of scrimmage uh, like he has been, which is fine. This is exactly where he needs to be. But, man, they can't get beat deep. The Saints are going to take some shots. Andy Dalton's going to take some shots. Chris Olave has been playing some good balls, a rookie. Right, I don't think Michael Thomas is going to be out there or Jarvis Landry is going to be out there, so that helps. But, man, Chris Olave, not trying to give him too many flowers, but, man, the dude could play. So that's a, that's a dude that you got to watch out for, and especially that passing game, like you mentioned, Joseph, that uh, they can start connecting early and often in the Raiders secondary. Uh, they, they might not have an answer for it because, well, they haven't had answers for it in a very long time. 
Uh, San Diego Raiders said, I think Olave could have a nice game if he can't, if he can get free in the secondary. Our DBs have to be on the same page. He's a touchdown machine. He was a touchdown machine in college. Going back to what we just said <laughs> about Chris Olave. Good time in San Diego Raider. I didn't even know that, uh, that text had come through and all of a sudden you hit us with it. So thank you so much for that, Sir Whiskey Ray. Q and D. Happy Thursday, gentlemen. Good topic today. And let me give you my take here. I think we need to put a bullseye on Saints wide receiver Chris Olave. This kid has game, and I think we need to actually double him. Don't get me wrong. Kamara is also a concern, but we definitely need to have extra eyes on Chris Olave. I was in the Big Easy back in 2016 for that Raiders game when Crabtree uh, caught that go-ahead two-point conversion to win. Crowd was electric. Raider Nation came out in force for that game, and I know Raider Nation will be representing this weekend. I'll be there in spirit. Looking forward to this game on Sunday from Sir Whiskey Ray. And I remember that game in 2016. Like it was yesterday. I mean, I really do. I remember the fact that the Raiders were losing earlier or early in the game. It was the first game of the season. I thought, okay, this is going to be an L to start the season off with. I was uh, getting, getting a little upset about it. Then all of a sudden, Jalen Richard uh, broke off a touchdown run, his very first carry in the NFL. Very first carry in the NFL. Very first carry with the Raiders, and he took it to the house. And I remember as soon as he scored that touchdown, I thought, well, hell, the Raiders are technically still in this game. If they can have a couple good plays here and there, they could actually – they could possibly come back and win it. Didn't think they were going to come back and win it, but uh, as you mentioned, Sir Whiskey Ray, that Michael Crabtree, that two-point conversion that I did not think, and I remember, <laughs> this is funny, the other thing about it, I was at the house watching the game, and me and the wife were arguing about something. Like, we were, I don't know, she was mad at me for something. Um, I don't know, maybe it was the day that I was supposed to be putting up Christmas. I don't know what I was supposed to be doing, but she was mad at me for something. And so I was kind of in a bad mood already, and then the Raiders game already made it worse because they're losing. And then they have this opportunity, they're going to go for it on two, or go for that two-point conversion. And I was surprised. I didn't think that they should. I thought they should just kick the extra point and tie it up because, well, you came back so far, so why, you know, why mess it up now? But they went for it. And I remember her brother was at the house, calling Brother Chris. He was at the house, and all of a sudden Crabtree caught that pass, and he looked up and he was like, oh, my God, Q, they just scored. They just won. And I tried to play it off because I was, like, in angry mode. So I was like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. And he's like, no, the team just won. I was like, yeah. It's cool. Like, I was, I was so trying to downplay it just because I was in a bad mood. But, uh, yeah, so like I said, I remember that game in 2016. Sir Whiskey Ray, thanks so much. Uh, keep those texts coming, 69187, keyword R&R. What about the Saints concerns you the most? And if it's not a what, maybe it's a who concerns you about the most when it, or you, you get concerned the most about when it comes to this game coming up on Sunday. Again, let us know, 69187, keyword R&R. We'll get back to the phone lines after we talk to our next guest. as John Hendricks, SaintsNewsSI.com. He'll join the show to talk all things Saints. And this game coming up on Sunday. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. I don't know if y'all heard enough, but I'm proud of y'all boys, bro. For real. I do owe y'all dinner. Whenever y'all ready, y'all make me good, bro. For real. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Raiders running back Josh Jacobs right there talking to his offensive line Sunday at Allegiant Stadium following the victory over the Texans. Jacobs went for 143, three touchdowns, had a heck of a day, led the Raiders to a victory over Houston. Now they got to turn the page to the New Orleans Saints and to help us do that right now on the phone lines we have John Hendricks, St. News Network on SI.com. And John, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. And since we just heard from Josh Jacobs, let me start with Josh Jacobs. Uh, what is the plan of attack for the Saints and their defense to try to slow down this train that has really come along the last three games? That is Josh Jacobs. Yeah, look, I think uh, 
there's a, a few things the school adopts. You know, the biggest problem with the Saints so far is they've really allowed a lot of explosive plays and, and such, and so tackling has been a little bit of an issue and such. And, look, I, I think the thing is you can never really truly shut down a guy like Josh Jacobs, especially, you know, him finding his groove right now, but you just hope to try to contain him and limit the, the amount of explosive plays that he can have. And, you know, that obviously will start in the trenches. The Saints have some excellent linebackers. Uh, in Pete Warner and Demario Davis, so it's going to be key not letting him get to the second level and such. But you know, look, they're in for a, an interesting challenge with, with Jacobs coming to town. That um, you know they're going to have to be prepared for. And he, you know, we saw last week he absolutely obliterated Texans on the ground. So they got to make sure that he's not a big factor in this game. But that's no easy task. No, it's really not. Again, John Hendricks is our guest right now on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So, I mean, I know that the Saints and the defense has a lot of injuries they're dealing with, but with those guys up front, is it a surprise that they haven't been more effective? I know you mentioned Demario Davis. I know he leads the team in sacks, but it just seems like they haven't been as effective as years past. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely off to a slow start. You know, coming into this season, we all thought that, Look, this defense was going to carry them a long way. And, look, you know, it, it made sense because Dennis Allen, the defensive-minded coach, you get him back in the mix. And then, obviously, with the way uh, you don't change too much on the personnel. Um, but, you know, it just hasn't really came together for them. You know, they're not forcing turnovers like they have been. They're battling a lot of injuries, which is, you know, part of the game. But they're just not getting, uh, you know, the different types of of things out of this defense, and, and I think they really miss C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I mean, this is a guy that was a real sure tackler, brought a lot of energy to the table, and, um, you know, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. but, man, they, they really could use a guy like that right now in their locker room and in, in their uh, on the field right now, but they got to make do with what they have, and, and, look, they had a players-only meeting, or not a players-only meeting, but they had a, um, a locker room meeting after the game, after they lost to Arizona, and, Alvin Kamara kind of told everybody it's time to do some accountability for everybody. And so, you know, look, it seems like the message has landed. But, look, they got to figure this thing out. They're 2-5. and five. They're very much still in the division. But, you know, look, another loss is going to really complicate some things down here in New Orleans. Yeah, well, no doubt about it. And look, the Raiders are in the same situation. They're sitting there at two and four. They can't really afford another loss either. They, you know, they had a lot of expectations going into the season that they have not met as of yet. And one more question as far as the defense goes, uh, injuries. Marshawn Lattimore, I don't believe he's going to play on Sunday. What is it looking like as far as, you know, the, the three-headed monster that the Raiders potentially have in Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro? How do you think that they match up with them if all three guys are available for the Raiders? Yeah, it's going to be a tough ask. Um, you know, look, Lattimore is not expected to play. You know, he's dealing with a, a kidney issue and also the ribs. Um, now I'm told he's not playing this weekend, and, okay. and next week against the Ravens is going to be in question as well. But, look, they're going to turn to a second-year Paulson Adebo. He's a very physical corner. He was, uh, got hurt against the Seahawks with a knee injury and re-aggravated against the, the Bengals, and so he missed Thursday night. He's getting better each day, but, look, it, it's going to be probably him and Alante Taylor, the, the rookie cornerback out of Tennessee, he's a real physical player. Player, So, I mean, they got real two physical guys on the outside. So, look, Derek Carr, I think, can find some success there, and, and we'll have to see how, how the, they man the slot. There hasn't been a guy like Justin Evans, Chris Harris Jr. Raiders fans probably remember him from his days in Denver, but, yeah. you know, he's on the practice squad. They'd have to bring him up to the active roster. They can't elevate him again, but... You know, I think that's the kind of plan. And Marcus May and Tyron Matthew in the back end. Um, you know, Matthew's been a little bit disappointing so far this season. I, I think he's got 
And you know that, but, you know, they got to get a little bit more from him. But, um, you know, I think it matches up pretty well. But the Saints are a team where they just cannot shoot themselves in the foot, and they have to have just about everything go right for them and they want to get a victory. Talking all things Saints right now with John Hendricks here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Of course, the Saints are up next on the schedule for the Silver and Black on Sunday there in the Big Easy in New Orleans. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, you mentioned Alvin Kamara, how he called for a, a, just a team meeting in the locker room after the loss to the Cardinals. Was it necessarily just where they're at record-wise, or was it such a heartbreaking loss the way that they lost to the Cardinals? Why do you think or what do you think inspired for Alvin Kamara to need to call a meeting amongst his teammates? Well, look, he, we talked to him yesterday, and the thing is that, you know, uh, these guys don't like to lose, and, of course, that means a lot. And I mean, that seems like that's a, a thing you take for granted in the NFL, but, look, he's not used to losing. He felt the need to step up and say something in the locker room, saying they're not playing their brand of football, that everybody's got to kind of look themselves in the mirror and hold each other accountable and just really kind of dig deep, right, because they're going to need everybody on this team to be able to get out of this hole, and so – no, the biggest thing is that he said, you know, look, they've lost that same swagger uh, and a couple of things, and, and, you know, players have responded to it well, and, you know, I think they're saying the right things, but saying it versus going out there and actually executing is completely different. Um, you know, they're turning to Andy Dalton going into this game. That's uh, going to be the, the plan going forward until or unless Dalton, you know, absolutely just messes things up, but um, you know, that's a big storyline to follow, too, but look, Kamara is a guy that has seen it done the right way with Sean and Drew and, and all these other guys that have walked through this locker room, and they know what it takes to win, and it, it's just one of those tough conversations that need to be had to help inspire his team. And, you know, I think the uh, message was well-received and, and that they'll they'll at least put forth their best effort to make sure they don't shoot themselves in the foot this time. Yeah, and to go back to the quarterbacks there, Andy Dalton has been announced as a starting quarterback, but – both quarterbacks, him and Jameis Winston, only have one win apiece on the year. So what do you think played into the factor of Andy Dalton getting the starting starting job over Jameis Winston? Well, they're talking about, you know, Dennis Allen said it's the offensive continuity and just kind of the things that have been going. Um, it's an offensive decision, if you will. And so, look, what he means by that, I think, is, is really they're, they're doing good things on the run front. So their run game has been outstanding the past several games. I mean, it's it's tough to stop them. I mean, if Alvin Kamara's playing well. You get some stuff that's sprinkled in with Alvin, uh, Mark Ingram, and you get Taysom Hill in there sometimes, yeah, too. Yeah. So it's, it's been tough with this offensive line being so healthy to, to not run the ball. And then when Dalton, for the most part, you know, he's been down some of the receivers. They won't have Jarvis Landry. They won't have Michael Thomas. But Chris Olave has been a real game changer. Um, you know, the biggest thing for them is he's got to take care of the football. You know, two pick sixes last week. And then uh, interception in the red zone, one of them, the, the interceptions, return for a touchdown, wasn't necessarily his fault. But, you know, that's kind of the, the – they like how his calming influence, uh, running the offense, and just kind of feel like this is the best best play right now going into the to this thing unless something changes drastically. Uh, just for a lack of better terms, would you say that this offense is running better in Dennis Allen's mind with a game manager like Andy Dalton instead of a wild gunslinger like Jameis Winston? Could that be as simple as determining it right there? I mean, you know, I, I love Jameis. I think he's done some great things, and I'm just really curious to see how he would do in a full year. But, you know, look, it sounds like that injury that he had to his ankle has been the one that's been holding him back more than anything, or in his foot, really. Um, so, Look, I, I don't know if I'd say that Winston is a, a gunslinger and just that he was coming off on his or playing undisciplined or anything like that, 
but you know, look, early on there were some some things that you saw in the film that you know he's missing some of those those underneath throws. He's missing guys out of the backfield. He's missing a few things here and there. And so, look, you got to make those throws and take those kind of safe things when you have you know knowing the down and distance. And so, look, I think Jameis can come back and rebound from this. And look, he's optimistic, but uh, you know, I think it's more a play that they need Andy to, to help pull him out of this and not force anything crazy. Just play their style right now. Nothing against Jameis, but I think it gives them the best option right now. John Hendricks is our guest right now on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. You can find his work, St. News, uh, on SI.com, at John J. Hendricks on Twitter. And, and, John, as far as the game plan for Sunday for the Saints, you mentioned how well they're doing on the ground. Is that what you feel like the approach is going to be, the ground and pound, and try to keep doing that? Or do you think they're going to try to open it up and, and hit some big plays down the field? How, how do the Saints win the game on Sunday? Well, I, I think they're going to try with the ground and pound. I think that's the biggest thing is because, it, it, you know, if it's not broken, don't worry about fixing it or anything right. like that. And so I feel like that's one of their best avenues. Um, and, look, you know, they have, like I said, Chris Olave. He's going to be the highly targeted favorite on the day. That's just how it's going to be. And, and look, he, he does extremely some, a lot of things extremely well. Um, you'll see how good his route running is. But, look, they're going to have to get more from the wide receiver position. They're going to have to get more from the tight end position. They can't just, you know, make make it to where they're just going to lean on the ground game. And, and Dolphin threw it a bunch of times against the Cardinals, and some of that was because they were down. But, you know, guys like Rashid Shaheed have made a name for themselves as a deep threat. you got Marquez Callaway, who started a lot of games for this team and was their number one last year, and, and Traquan Smith. So they can have some success there, not necessarily just, totally big plays, but just being able to move the chains. And so I think Juwan Johnson is a guy to keep an eye on. He did pop up on the injury report today, limited with a hamstring. So that's another one to keep an eye on. That would be a pretty big loss for the Saints. But I feel like it's good mix, but they're going to try to establish their, their dominance on the ground first and foremost. Hugh and I both mentioned that the player that we're most concerned about on the Saints side is Taysom Hill. So where do you think that Taysom Hill lines up best for this team, and when is he most effective? Well, look, again, they use him in a lot of ways. I mean, it's not just the, the quarterback powers and, and such, but it's a lot of the, you know, he can throw the football, obviously. He can line up at tight end, play the joker role, if you will. He can also, uh, we saw him at wide receiver because he'd been down some injuries and such. But, look, I think he's most dangerous out of the backfield because then I mean, you look at a couple games ago, like the Seahawks game, they knew what was coming. And, and the thing is, they couldn't stop it. The Bengals, they dared him to throw a little bit, and they stacked the box on him. And obviously they had a little bit more success, but then he had the throwing element that you know, some people were caught off guard by. So, look, I think when it comes best that he's, he's very elusive. He's a guy that can hit the hole and then just be able to continue going and, and have sustain, sustained success um, pretty much no matter what he does. And so I, I really think that, you know, in those powers and those eyes that he's able to, to move the football really well and that's where he gets dangerous because if you let him get to that second level, it's going to be tough to bring him down, and it, it's really going to be a, a tough time if you can't stop him on those you know, short situations or anything like that in the red zone. But I'd like to see his and Kamara's usage in the red zone actually go up a little bit more. John, just got a couple more questions for you. One is Dennis Allen. He was the Raiders head coach when they were back in Oakland. Now he's the Saints head coach. And I feel like he's probably thinking he's got something to prove to both organizations. Uh, how big of a game is this for D.A.? 
Well, you know, I, I don't think it's something that they're going to openly talk about. I mean, I think a lot of people have honestly lost sight of that. And, and, you know, Dennis is a completely different person than he was, you know, 12 years ago or however long it was that he was actually coaching there in, in Oakland back then. But, look, I think that, you know, they're going to have a win-one for Dennis and kind of get some of that type of thing out of it. And this is a game that both teams need to win. So, I mean, right. Vegas has a lot to prove here, too. But, Absolutely. look, I don't think it's being played as up as much as, as what many are. But, look, I know that they want to get this one for him. Kamara said it yesterday, too, that they'll make sure they want to kick their you-know-what um, right. is what he exactly said yesterday. Yeah, I remember that. I saw that. So uh, that was that was kind of cool. I, I don't I don't ever get mad at a player that's trying to stick up and hold one down for the coach. Final question for you, John. Uh, what's your expectations for the environment there in New Orleans? It's Halloween weekend. It's the Raiders. It's the Saints. What could go wrong? What are your expectations? <laughs> yeah, it's weird around here in New Orleans for Halloween. So look, obviously, uh, I, I I know tons about the Raider faithful and such so Raiders Nation, if you will, and so. I know they're going to come dressed for the occasions for sure. So uh, I expect this one to be a pretty crazy one, right? I don't, I don't say shootout, but look, it wouldn't surprise me the first to thirty here is who's going to end up winning this football game. But I expect some points to be scored. I expect this to be a pretty crazy affair. Um, you know, I remember the last time the Raiders were in town that you know that was the the Jack Del Rio go for two moment, right? Yeah. And yep. Um, and such, but you know, there's a lot of crazy things that tend to happen in this time of year in New Orleans around Halloween. So I'm not expecting anything um, <laughs> plain and ordinary, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does, and I'm with you 100. I don't expect anything plain and ordinary either uh, from that experience there on Sunday. Saints Raiders New Orleans. It should be a hell of a show. Well, John, thanks so much, man. You've been fantastic. Provided a lot of uh, information for us. Anyone needs to look out, uh, wants to find some more information on the Saints, what do you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Yeah, just uh, go to Saints.media. That's all of the information that we put out. We do a lot of coverage, and obviously we're there every day for practice and the games and stuff. And so that would be the first and foremost thing to check out. We've got a lot more to look at for the Raiders, latest and greatest on injury report, reactions to Dennis Allen. You know, uh, naming Andy Dalton as a starter, and there's a lot more to break down for the Raiders and how both sides of the ball can attack each other and, and come out with a win on this one. Well, good good work, John. Uh, you do fantastic coverage of the Saints, so we definitely appreciate you this afternoon. Thanks so much. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. No doubt about it. John Hendricks, Saints News, uh, right there, SI.com. You can check him out on Twitter, at John J. Hendricks. He's got all the latest and the greatest when it comes to the Saints. Good stuff right there from John. Really informative. Again, Saints News Network. You can check them out, part of SI.com. 2.46 at the time. Still want to hear from you. What or who about the Saints concerns you the most? Let us know about it. 69187, keyword R&R. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to John Hendricks. Covers the Saints like a glove. Join us in the last segment. Fantastic stuff. If you missed any of it, lvsportsnetwork.com. You can check out all our work. Of course, the whole show, Unnecessary Roughness, will be tweeted out a little bit later on this afternoon in podcast form. My man, DeMond, does a great job with that. Been asking the question, what about the Saints or who about the Saints concerns you the most? This game on Sunday. Got a bunch of good uh, responses on our text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Um, got a couple other texts that didn't have anything to do with our, to- our topic, but some really good texts as well. Jason and Maryland, we were talking about Nate Hobbs and the secondary, and I was talking about how much without him out there, you know, it's kind of suspect. And he's done a good job, and I just I like his tenacity out there. And he said, man, I like Hobbs, but he's done 
but he done gave up more than Rocky has seen. He listed as a top five graded man corner by a couple of different publications, most recently uh, by Ryan Sakamoto. I really like Hobbs, but he's not played better than Rock. I'm sorry to have to agree on that one or disagree on that one. And that's okay. And you're right with what you're saying about Rock. Rock's done a good job. I just think that Nate brings a different kind of tenacity, right? I think there's a little bit of difference. And maybe I'm wrong. I feel like there's a little bit of difference when Nate Hobbs is out there. He feels like those guys just have a little bit more fire, a little bit more energy. It's just it, He's just a difference maker, in my opinion. Again, just my opinion, but I can understand where you're coming from if you're looking strictly at numbers or pass breakups. I just I don't know. I think he makes that defense that much better when he's out there. And to me, just me, it felt like he was sorely missed on Sunday. Um, Trey in Kansas City said, Q, if you're a victim of domestic violence, call the domestic violence hotline. I'm definitely not. Thank you for that, though. Uh, Gangster Raider hit us up. I'm most concerned about Cam Jordan, but remember when I said we should average 38 points per game? Well, we scored 38 last game, and we didn't have to do anything spectacular. Just run our future Hall of Fame running back and be aggressive when time calls for it. We should score at least 30 points versus the Aints, and our defense should have multiple turnovers. Raiders or nothing. That's from Gangster Raider. Um, got another one from Zeke in Bakersfield. Q is not that he scares me, but Andy Dalton can make plays if given the time. Mills just did it last week. The pass rush needs to get to him because he's not great under pressure. As Zeke in Bakersfield, that's a really good point. Thanks for that, uh, that text. And, yeah, Andy Dalton's nothing exciting. He's nothing to write home about, but he knows how to get it done. He hasn't been a quarterback in the league as long as he has for no reason. I mean, he's, he's solid. He's good. He's not great. He's, again, he's not going to wow you, but until last week, he at least protected the ball and did a good job. And, well, he hasn't done that. He didn't do that last time when they played the, the Cardinals on Thursday Night Football. But there's a reason why Dennis Allen immediately announced him as a starter on Wednesday. That was the only thing that was strange to me is that he announced it as early on Wednesday, but he did. He felt like it was, he was good with doing that, so he knows better than I do. There's a reason why he's the coach. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Raider Dave in Denver. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, man. You know all the prices are going up at Sam's uh, Walmart and Sam's Club out here to make up for a bad investment. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got hey, you. you and... You, myself, and Gangster Raider all have something in common. We were all 31. I did that when I was in school because of Jack Tatum. Nice. And uh, some people probably don't know that 32 wasn't available when he first went to the team, so he was 31 for a little while. Nice. You know, I, I know uh, of nobody that puts any fear, you know, from the from the Saints. This team isn't what it was when the Raiders had to, you know, have Carr do a flip on the sidelines or <laughs> any other times that they won them early in the, you know, beat them early in the season, so... I, I agree with Gangster Red. I think it's, you know, 38 points. He called it, and they did it. I, maybe a 32-17 game here, I think, is probably what's going to happen. You know, Hill is quite a player, and the Raiders actually had a guy like that uh, back in their Super Bowl days. His name was Derek Jensen. Okay. He was a tight end, and he played running back and special teams. Damn. <laughs> Damn, good, good stuff, my man. Thank you for the call. Definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's interesting right there. I, I was not aware of that, so thanks for dropping that little nugget on us. Uh, definitely appreciate you. And he's with Gangster Raider. No one, really, no one really strikes any kind of fear in him. And I don't, know about fe- I don't know if fear is the right word, but, I mean, concern. I think it's fair enough to be concerned about certain players on the team or even a certain position if you think the defensive line or the linebacking core or, so, you know, or, or, or the offense, like we've had a couple texts. But good stuff. Definitely appreciate that. Let's get one more quick call before we take a break. Fargo Raider, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Q, Damon, thank you for taking my call. For sure. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be brief. So, uh, <laughs> what concerns me about this game is that it's somebody we should be beating. And historically, 
I know it's a new regime, but historically we played down the competition, and I would like that to stop. Last week it stopped. Let's hope that this week they can continue to show that they are the better team. Now I wanted to touch on something you had spoken about, Q. You had talked about how um, you said that about 55 plays is what we would want yeah. for us to have a successful game and, and win. So I actually went back and did the math, give or take some plays that I might have missed. We ran 53 plays yesterday that were actually positive plays. We ran more, but those were positive. Right. Of those, there were 25 runs, 28 passes. 11 runs of 5-plus yards, 7 of those were actually 10-plus. That's great right there. I, yeah. I think that's dynamic. Now, passes, 18 passes of 5-plus yards. 12 of those went for more than 10. 7 of those went for more than 15. And three went for more than twenty. That's dynamic. So I see where you're where you're getting at with this fifty-five number, and it looks like it, it is a recipe for success. Thank you for taking my call, and you have a great day. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks so much for that. And yeah, I think the total number that I think came up with uh, Demond. I know we both were kind of doing the math on. I think it was forty-eight between carries and uh, and completions from Derek Carr. I think that they got to forty-eight. And really, honestly, I believe they had been a lot closer to that fifty-five if they didn't have those early penalties and get behind the chains. I mean, I just feel like they had a recipe where they were going to run Josh Jacobs more in the first half, but they shot themselves in the foot. And I know it's a bunch of woulda, 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 uh, shoulda, coulda, and you can't do that. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty close. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm looking for that target number. Get as close to 55 as possible, right? Uh, I think that that, is, uh, that that really is something there. Uh, coming up next, we're going to kick off hour number two of the show. DeMond was able to secure some sound from Josina Anderson from CBS Sports talking about Josh Jacobs and how folks inside the building are feeling about Josh Jacobs. You're going to hear from that or hear from her on that. We're also going to go over the injury report from Thursday. I just received it from the Raiders. I tweeted it out at your boy Q254, also R&R 920 AM. We tweeted that out, so if you're on Twitter, follow following one or both of us. It doesn't matter. Just go ahead and check that out. But we'll go over it next. And you'll hear from Josina Anderson. Plus, we'll get to your calls and texts. We're locked and loaded. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. The Ole Miss Rebels head to the Lone Star State to take on the Texas A&M Aggies in a collegiate